If you're a fan of this podcast and want to see it continue, help support us on Patreon, where you can unlock tons of exclusive content, including, but not limited to, movie commentaries, ad-free versions of our promo specials, extended cuts, early access to new episodes, behind-the-scenes clips, first access to merchandise, blooper reels, and even a chance to vote on what we cover next on our podcaster's disassembled episodes. Just head right on over to patreon.com slash podcastersassemble. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash podcastersassemble. Link in the show notes. For years, the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review, reminisce, and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled the Earth's mightiest superheroes, traveled to a galaxy far, far away, drank many martinis, shaken, not stirred, witnessed the battle of the Alpha Titan. Defended Earthrealm from Outworld. Get over here! And other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. Y'all were like single file a second ago, and like now you have to go at the same time. Look, I can only swim or get an erection. I can't do both. (laughs) (laughs) The water's cold, okay? (laughs) Podcasters, disassemble. Welcome. Welcome back, podcasters disassembled. And boy, we have oh, we have a full house tonight. I have I have so many guys here. My my boys have come home. I'm joined again by the one and only Chris, Comic Zombie. How are you, Chris? Hey, Zach. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing good. Welcome back. Uh, where? What have you been up to? Where can everybody find you? Uh, working. Uh, <laughs> but I finally saw the Batman, <laughs> so that was long overdue. Uh, it took me almost a freaking month. And for a guy who can be found Jeez. over at the Comic Zombie podcast, that's unheard of. It's usually midnight premiere stuff, so... Um, it was not due to lack of interest, but yeah, that, that was interesting. Eric could attest to it. I was messaging him all the time. I mean, you were busy like reviewing and breaking down all the old content, right? Yeah. All the old Batmans that I, I loved so very (laughs) much. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have a point of reference. (laughs) Right. So yeah, um, (laughs) you can find me over at comiczombie.net and of course on podcasters assemble. And, um, I believe last episode of disassemble was the only one I've not been on, but, uh, also joining us and sometimes on here is uh, Corey Torgerson from The World Is My Burrito. Yeah. Uh, yeah, World Is My Burrito, uh, Twimby, T-W-I-M-B podcast. You can find me anywhere you can find podcasts and you can find me on um, Podcasters Assembled and maybe Epic Fails of History if Eric and I do that podcast episode he mentioned uh, <clears throat> like a year or two ago. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> Yeah, Eric. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm supposed to introduce Eric uh, or someone <laughs> oh, else, but I'm introducing Eric because I know his name off the top of my head. Hey, uh, I'm Eric Slater from Epic Fails of History, Too Young for This Trek, and Podcasters Assemble, as well as like 20 other podcasts. Uh, but today we're joined by uh, Jeremy from the Neatcast. 
Hey, I'm here. <laughs> hey, <guys. laughs> nice. What well, an intro. <laughs> long enough pause that I that I started to pucker, so thanks, Jeremy. That's great. <laughs> I think I keep you on your toes, man. No, uh, I'm Jared from the Cast, and uh, for those of you that haven't heard our show, we uh, we cover weird news, sports, uh, and cryptids, and then we just talk about some random stuff. We generally make fun of everything, mostly ourselves, and go on from mm. there. So glad to be joining y'all today. We're glad to have you. And you have contributed in the past to uh, to Podcasters Assemble for what yes. was it? Mortal Kombat? Many moons ago. Uh... Yeah, I think that was our Mortal Kombat season, wasn't it? Yes, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. There's lots of Mortal Kombat references in the movie we're going to talk about today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, interesting note about that. I don't know if now's the time. What do you think, Zach? <sighs> sure, go ahead. So the reason that is is because the guys who created Mortal Kombat were inspired by this movie. <laughs> so Raiden's basically a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> Raiden, Shang Tsung, several elements were taken directly from this movie. It's like kind of a blatant ripoff. I never would have guessed. <laughs> Ever. We are, of <laughs> course, uh, talking about Big Trouble in Little China. This uh, stars Kurt Russell. He is a hard-boiled truck driver, Jack Burton. He gets caught in a bizarre conflict within and underneath San Francisco's Chinatown, where an ancient Chinese prince, a Chinatown crime lord, has kidnapped a beautiful green-eyed woman who is a fiancé to Jack's best friend. I don't know if he's technically his best friend. But Jack must help his friend rescue the girl before the evil Lopan uses her to break the ancient curse that keeps him a fleshless and immortal zombie. And that is your synopsis of the movie, which, you know, after watching it, I guess is pretty accurate. Uh, I had never, I had never seen yeah. this movie. Nothing's missing. I know. I had never seen this movie before. Uh, Chris, you've seen this before, right? Yeah. I, um, you know, I, when I was a kid, this was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But, you know, it's <laughs> what, 1986, so sliced bread had only been around for about a year. Um, it is... It, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a very long time. I used to watch it a lot as a kid, and I loved the living shit out of it. Uh, it between Jack Burton and Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell was like my absolute <laughs> hero of the 80s, you know? And uh, so I was a little hesitant to watch it again just because I was like, you know, there's no way it holds up to the the magic of when I was a kid watching it. And in some ways it absolutely does, and in other ways it really does not. Uh, Corey, had you seen this before? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I I feel like this is one of those that came on like sci-fi uh, growing up in you know my teens or something like that. So like I know that I've seen it. Uh, and this is another one of those that it's like it's one of those fever dream movies that like when you think about it, you know, 15, 20 years later, you're like. I, I'm remembering some things. Did those things really happen? And then you watch the movie and it's like, yeah, yeah. Every one of those things happened. <laughs> um, like I, I'm exactly. not making this up. I did not insert anything. Uh, well, no, I, I really enjoyed this. So same thing. Been a long time. First watch, you know, may as well be my first watch. Um, it was really enjoyable. Um, just like getting to live through this lived through the eighties again and so mm -hmm. many like good future references. Um, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, Eric, how about you, buddy? Yeah. So <laughs> 
I, you know, I watched this movie as a kid and I, I remember really loving it, but watching it as an adult today, uh, it was a very different experience. Uh, and I enjoyed the hell out of it, but for very different reasons. Uh, this movie is very eighties. It's like the most eighties. Um, and I think that aspect of it really works in its favor. Um, but man, it's, it's bonkers. This is such a crazy movie. Uh, what'd you think, Jeremy? Let me start off by saying, uh, Zach, I'm angry with you for making Why? me watch this in my adulthood. <laughs> he hears that every episode. He hears it every episode. I do. I do. My nostalgia was so strong for this movie. I was so excited to sit down and watch it. And then I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I seeing here? <laughs> we have more combat uh, characters. We had D&D characters. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to get into it. Well, I got to say, I think that uh, Big Trouble in Little China is the most accurate representation of what it was like to live in Chinatown in the 1980s. Um, you, you had monsters <laughs> and secrets. I mean, drugs. Chris, if if anyone can, can vouch for that, I know it's you. You're <laughs> prime person from I mean, Chris, San Francisco's Chinatown. Chris grew up in, the, in Chinatown <laughs> in well, the I, 80s. Like, <laughs> he yes. was there. <laughs> the 1880s. He, no, he was just, he was born in the back of a semi in the dock. Uh, <laughs> no, that I I gotta say I love how the movie opens and closes with Jack in the semi just giving like the most nonsense advice just so he can yep. sound like he knows what he's talking about. And then did y'all catch it the he's end? The first like, podcaster. Before... <laughs> yes. yes. He's doing. Did y'all catch it the end today. before he <laughs> before he goes <laughs> into his like speech? He's drinking, so it's like his hero shot. Yes. It's like, look at him drinking and driving, <laughs> just in the dark. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my notes. Was like, let's just end with the shot of him drunk driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was like parked or something in the rain, but then it's clearly he's on the highway. You know, <laughs> that's fine. It was legal in the eighties. It's fine. Everything was perfect, perfectly legal in the eighties. Die Hard <laughs> taught us that. It was fine. It's great. Yeah. Mullets were legal. Yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got Kurt Russell, who uh, I like Kurt Russell, but I don't know if he just didn't care or he, he was just, my job is to shout all of my lines. All movie, that's all he does. The only acting he does, I'll get to later, but I swear he just shouts everything at everybody whenever he talks to someone. Mm. I think his role is like satirical. Like, because mm-hmm. Jack Burton is the ideal American hero, um, because he sucks at everything. Uh, I, <laughs> yes. One of the things that I noticed yep. through this entire movie is he essentially does nothing. No. Um, he knocks himself e- Even off. against the Predator. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, like, even against the Predator, he, like, he's trying to run, and then the girl's the one that disables it, and he's like, cool, so now we can just keep running. Like... He doesn't through the entire fight, like towards the end, he does nothing because he's stuck. Like he had one good idea and then he's stuck. So I feel like it's kind of like satirical. You've got your Rambos, um, you know, you've got uh, like Die Hard. You've got all these just like action stars. Yeah, and Jack weapon. Burton is, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he is peak. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm, why I'm here. 
Um, but at the same time, he's like a stand in for the viewer because he doesn't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. No one ever finds out what's going on, but stuff just happens. Um, and Jack's there to, to cradle us along in this adventure. <laughs> Can I point out something real quick? I love so much how, um, his, his friend, uh, is it Wang? Wang Chi. Yeah. Yeah. How Wang, like just throughout the movie just gradually becomes like the greatest martial arts master of all time. Dude. <laughs> yes. You say like, gradually. Well, I mean, it's, instantaneously. He, it, yeah. he's, like, all right. So I guess like the whole time before he there wasn't fighting, a training montage like, or anything. He's just constantly like, run away. We got to run away. And then later he's like, all right, I'm going to go fight this, like basically a God with the sword. And I'm going to do it like a yes. crouching tiger, or hidden dragon way. And I'm going to be like smirking the whole time. And you're like, where was this dude at the beginning where he was like, look out, they've got turbans. <laughs> I, I, I did notice that like from beginning to end, the enemies got uh, weaker and he got stronger. Yeah. Because they were accomplishing less logic. and less throughout the movie. Yeah. It's, it was so beautiful. Now they drank that good ish. So Jack shows up in, in Chinatown. He meets up with his friend, uh, Wang. He, uh, plays whichever card game it was, wins all of his money. <laughs> Wang says that he's going to pay him back because now he's a, he owns a restaurant, but Jack doesn't trust him enough to drive to the restaurant to go get the money. So he yeah. he makes him get in his truck, and they're driving to the airport to, uh, we find out, pick up Wang's Chinese fiance, uh, Miao, Miao Yin, I think is how we say her name. She's a Chinese, uh, and then they run into a Chinese-American street gang, which, again, we get to see all the fun <laughs> stuff that you can't do anymore. But you could do in an airport, which was perfectly fine and legal back in the day. <laughs> Fight, like smoke <laughs> and steal women. <laughs> like bringing a switchblade yeah. into the airport. Switchblade, uh, swords, uh, you know, any weapons. I, I, I want to touch on their relationship in the beginning because you couldn't tell if they were friends or they wanted to kill each other from minute yes. to minute. They yeah. could not decide what they were because there were threats and then like... It was a roller you're coaster. Fine. You're fine. It, I'll kill you. But no, you're good. Yeah. Give me my money. <laughs> No, but it's okay, the, buddy. And then with the gangs, first of all, the what, what were they called? The Death something or other? Uh, Lords of oh, Death. The Lords of Death. They have the sweetest sunglasses. It's a great punk band name. Yeah. <laughs> they had the sweetest sunglasses ever, and then they never show up in the movie ever again. Okay, so the last, well, in the airport, one of the things I noticed, because we recently spoke of the Matrix, the last guy looked like he was out of the Matrix. <laughs> a little okay, bit, uh, yeah. The, the one bit. that like grabbed Miao Yin and like walked out backwards. He had straight up like Neo glasses before Neo. Um, and uh, just in that moment, I'm like, this dude is straight up out of the Matrix right here. And did anyone else notice that the ninjas were driving a sports car? Oh yes. <laughs> did anyone? Did anyone catch all the random white dudes in the team of martial arts Chinese people? We're, we'll we'll get yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. So they uh, they managed. They, there's actually two uh, Chinese girls that are there in the uh, in the airport. They grab one. We meet Gracie Law, who is played by um, Kim Kim Cattrall, which everyone of course knows from her world famous uh, part in Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country and some other fucking <laughs> movie show <laughs> so she's playing gracie law a lawyer such a freak. 
like an original name. And she grabs <laughs> she grabs one of the women and is able to get her away from the uh, the Lords of Death. But they grab Mao 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 Yin and Russell or Jack and Wang chase them down and then they take off in the sports car and then Jack Jack gets this ah hell no look and proceeds to chase him down with with his truck. Yeah, if you have a mullet you have to have that look. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I gotta mention you mentioned Gracie Law. The first thing to take me out of the movie was about I wanna say a third of the way in. I was on board for all the craziness. And as soon as she announces that her name is Gracie Law the lawyer, I was like, no, sorry, I don't buy it. Yes. The Chinese street gang war, sure. The supernatural <laughs> lightning ninjas, I'll roll with it. But a lawyer named Gracie Law is just one step too far. That took me out of the movie. I know. That made me roll my eyes so hard. Turns out that Jack's real last name is Truck. <laughs> but but Law's in the family, Eric. It only makes sense. Yeah, she, she drove me crazy as a, as a character because she was almost superfluous to the entire film for real she was just there to be jack's honeypot literally she had an exposition for the whole thing because she didn't she didn't serve a purpose in the wedding they, they, they tried to shoehorn her in but by the end of the movie she didn't serve a purpose there all she was there was to be jack's girl like yeah she definitely was but i feel like she had probably the best lines of everyone in the film I think Jack, no, because I she think always Jack like the best line, it, two or three lines, especially what was it? Is it is it must pay? Was that what he said when they son of a bitch must pay? Son I of a bitch must pay. That was right. it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Great line. Great line. But she kind of just like ignores everything everyone says, especially Jack. But then like her her quips like when her friend um steps out of the room randomly when they're like deciding on what to do um she's just like go back to sleep says something dismissive like to yeah like oh get back she to goes, sleep no, no, it's fine just she's go like back to sleep who's that <laughs> yeah but she's so dismissive of everyone in the film and there's so many times where jack will say something and like eyes wide her mouth slightly agape and then she just starts talking about something else just ignoring him entirely <laughs> and i i loved i loved their relationship and i loved a lot of her lines because it's like she's she is the ground everyone else is like yo what the fuck is going on like there's this shit <laughs> happening and she is like so it's like she's so much of a bimbo that she's the realest person in the group because all this stuff's happening and she's like nah it's just another thursday man well, can I say real quick, it's interesting that I feel like this movie at times, and maybe it's just like, was a mess that got edited together like this? I'm not really sure. But it felt like there was a few characters that from time to time they weren't sure either what that character's kind of perspective was going to be or persona was going to be or what the relationship to the other characters were going to be. Like we talked about how uh, Wang and Jack, the first time they meet, you're like, I, or the first time they show them together, you're, you know, um, you're like, are these guys supposed to be friends? A quick aside, on that scene, did it, did it bother anybody else that he said nothing or double instead of double or nothing? Just me? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but there's a bunch of stuff like that. That's a good where, point, though. 
you know, yeah. like, like Wang, you know, at first he's like, Jack, he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And then suddenly he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's like these guys. This is the storm. That's that's this immortal dude. His name's David. Don't worry about him. Like, we got to go. Oh, that's just the floating, <laughs> like, knowledge monster with eyes. You know, uh, he knows everything about everything. And um, and if so, it's weird, you know, like and then him being in that role and Gracie kind of being in that role, too, who also just kind of knows all this stuff. Um, they both just become like exposition dumpers at times. And it's just, it's weird that he trans transitions from little screamy sidekick to no, I know the deal. And in that same vein, the reporter chick that was in this, what, what purpose why? did she serve? Yeah, why? Why wasn't yeah. Gracie law a reporter? What purpose did any of She's this the love interest for the other Asian guy that serves no, no purpose. Uh, here, right, here's, right. here's the whole thing. This is a this is a prequel to Sex in the City. <laughs> That's what it is. That explains it. Zach, I I don't know enough about Sex in the City, but it sounds like you do. So like how <laughs> how it's a prequel or how do I know? Uh yes. Well, w- w- we saw not to jump ahead, but we see at the very very end that Sarah Jessica Parker has snuck into the back of Jack Burton's truck. <laughs> oh man thank you chris you're welcome so uh jack and wang take off they get into chinatown where they find a funeral uh procession that erupts in in a battle between the chang sing and the wing kong which are two ancient chinese warrior societies and what i loved about this is the mixture of goons that are just straight Caucasian guys in turbans yes. and mixed with Why yep. turbans mixed with, I don't know, but they're mixed with a bunch of the goons from Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of, yeah. Like <laughs> Die Hard two. Yeah. Just generic commando more than likely. Well, I also feel like this, this is one of those movies that um, with all the Asians that are in it, you're like, Constantly like, yo, I know that guy from some movie. Mm-hmm. I constantly like, have it's that like feeling. nonstop. Every time an Asian guy pops up. I was just gonna say, I love as soon as they go down this alleyway alleyway, it's like welcome to Oz because shit is about to get weird. And it just doesn't stop until the end of the movie. It just gets weirder and weirder. Did anybody catch the purpose of that funeral? Like why they shot up the coffin? They really shot that coffin up too. It's like they almost didn't give a shit oh, about yeah. living people. <laughs> Like I, I didn't really catch the whole point of the scene. I think they're rival gangs, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so the explanation. Like, no, we, we need this in this gang fight a sorcerer <laughs> yeah. and three characters from Mortal Kombat. And I like how they shoot. They're shooting the shit out of the place first, and then they're like, "All right, now to use sticks and fists." It's like, what did you guys bring? Like one yeah. clip per yeah. gun? Like, like what? You didn't bring anything. And it to looked reload. like they were about yeah. to break out into song. Like this was like a West Side Story like scene or something. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I can. That would be I, hilarious. I want to argue that this had the best cor- fight choreography in the movie. The rest of the, they spent the whole budget on that scene when they actually started fighting because yeah. they were breaking legs. It was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie, they're like. Forget all that shit. <laughs> We're going to run away from each other. So I'm I'm going to agree with you because I am pretty sure in the wedding scene, there are there's more than one scene where people are fighting no one off screen. 
yeah. Just swinging. No, there's, yeah. At least where, there's there, at least there was three shots. A couple of scenes where it's like dudes are like punching and kicking and like falling and stuff. And it's like, I'm not seeing another body, but you do see all the choreography in like this in the West Side story fight scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then what the the three Raidens show up. Yeah. yeah. I lo- I loved when they showed up. First <laughs> yeah. first one, hey look, it's Raiden. Oh wait, no. Now that guy's Raiden. Oh shit, no. Now that guy's Raiden. That's so, real Raiden. This might be the, the this might be the most old man thing I've ever said in my life, and I hate myself already for it. But I remember when the first time I saw Mortal Kombat and I saw Raiden, I thought, hey look, it's the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> I was really on board with all the character designs until the last Raiden brought out two back scratchers as well. Yes, what the fuck was <laughs> that? Yes! Yeah, what was that about? Yes! I was like, bro, I own one of those! <laughs> the spinning ring things on the palm of your hand doesn't really make a hell of a lot of sense because if your fingers even like involuntarily flex, you don't have fingers anymore. But it, it's kind of yeah. like, <laughs> he's got lawnmower hands. I can dig with that for a minute. But the, the metal back scratchers, like, what the fuck? I'm... Ooh. <laughs> but the the, show me the good, good part about this whole thing like the only person to use the same weapons is uh the swole dude because right. one of the guys switches over to swords mm-hmm. um and then the other one i don't think holds a weapon for the rest of the film he just shoots lightning at the roof and causes wood to fall down behind him as he walks <laughs> towards you he super um, shredders it with the best of But, them. like, that's it. I, I, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, no, it was great because they have these three unique weapons, and then through literally the rest of the movie, only one of them keeps those weapons. Well, how would you incorporate spinning uh, finger detachable things? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see those coming up again in the movie. Well, okay, if if he can incorporate uh, little red bouncy balls, oh, I feel God. like he could incorporate finger spinny things because the guy i think allegedly controlled wind i think that was yeah, his thing and he used like yeah. bouncy balls as um, toward, like that was ridiculous like oh look out jack it might kind of leave a slight bruise maybe <laughs> <laughs> so they get they get through the fight jack takes off in his truck he actually runs over um lopan uh, who just appears, who apparently they they fluctuate and say he's seven feet tall or he's 10 feet tall. They go back and forth, um, just runs him over. And then he proceeds to give him the death lights from it by coming out of his eyes and mouth, mm, yeah. <laughs> which I don't know what that does, but temporarily blinds Jack. So Wang and him run off and then <laughs> Wang throws uh, alleyway <laughs> spit urine water in his eyes and that makes, makes yes. it so he can see again. Here, this okay. this water will help. The only cure is this cancerous bacteria. Okay. Real yeah. quick though. When when they do the blinding thing, Jack looks at him and then Wang is like, Jack, don't look. Did. And Jack's like, I, I looked. <laughs> And, and then he throw because I was saying I I cringe so hard when he's like no nah, no nah, we got we got some straight up piss right here I'm just gonna fling in your eyes medicinal China Town Street water <laughs> the rest of the movie Jack's eyes are just like crusted over yeah, God he's so infected he's got oh, chlamydia and he doesn't know how. 
So he uh, they they escape the uh, they escape the gang temporarily. They get to oh, what is it the the uncle's restaurant, and yeah. uh, Jack is trying to call in reporting that his truck's been stolen. Gracie Law just shows up out of yeah. nowhere because she knows Ugh. apparently where where he is, and uh, then she dumps a bunch of info of oh this is what's going on these are where the girls are going we know where they could be there's probably only one brothel in chinatown come on <laughs> only one, are you sure i don't know chris you grew up in chinatown yeah. how many brothels there's are there? four i mean i have no idea <laughs> on top of gracie law showing up and my feelings towards her entire character arc uh <laughs> the character the the girl that they rescued from the airport that was supposed to look like i'm assuming look like the <laughs> the main green-eyed girl she's another character that had no point to the story because she never shows up again after she's told to go back to bed true which is like uh the beginning of the third act <laughs> i think Good yeah. yeah it's like she appears and she's like just go back to sleep so one one thing i do want to comment on that we we already passed over it but and it, it's it's a tiny thing i i think one of the things that i like about this um movie is that it reminds me a lot of the anime jojo's bizarre adventure um oh, yeah probably particularly like part two where there's just like they show you things that happen that have no purpose <laughs> but you're still being shown when jack is escaping um because they escape and then they have to escape a second time the second time escape they escape <laughs> that's when they're running under the in the tunnel yeah uh, or like crawling through the tunnel for some reason like Jack, who's in a tunnel that's like double the size of him, removes his jacket. Oh yeah, that drove me crazy. I'm like, why? Yeah. To show off. Yeah, he. That's at that point. That is when they show off the white beater, and he never. I don't think he ever wears another jacket. It's white beater nope. for the rest of the film. You're right. I wonder if it's like a, a, a kind of the way like an animal when it's scared, it like puffs its hair up, tries to look bigger and weirder. <laughs> he's like, all right. Time to floof out the mullet and show off the guns just in case any, you know, shenanigans come around. And his hair does not move the rest of the movie. The hairspray yeah. that they had on him no, was it's perfect. phenomenal. No, okay, until until they give him nerdy hair. And then it's like, wow. Then he was Kurt yeah. Russell. Then he just looked oh, like yeah. Kurt Russell again. Dude, he was underwater and his hair was still perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, uh, Gracie... Law ear uh, <laughs> gives the more exposition, and then uh, the other Asian guy appears that needs to be in this film for a reason. Um, yeah, but that's that I Wang, think is Wang's friend Eddie. He, he, Eddie has yeah, to be Eddie, in this movie so he can have the worst fight in movie history with those women on that boardwalk. Oh my the, god! The <laughs> yep, like Jesus. Tap dancing Christ. <laughs> so, but at the same time as introducing him, they also, that is when she mentions her friend, the reporter who has nothing to do with this. So both <laughs> characters are technically introduced at the same time. Couldn't Gracie, instead of being Gracie Law, have been like Gracie Report and just been a reporter instead? Yeah. <laughs> could, could have been the same character. Yeah. Like, th does she need to be Easily. a lawyer for anything? I'm Gracie News. Gracie I, News. Gracie News. That's way better. Yeah. Um, Gracie News. <laughs> I just, like, what, it, it, at what point in this movie was it like, oh, that's why she's a lawyer? 
You know, like that's why they made her a lawyer for this movie because she knew like the zoning laws or whatever. Like it, it never comes into. <laughs> yeah. It's like they I, made I her feel a lawyer like... and yeah. and the name law because like somebody was like, all right, I am eighty three years old, and I'll be goddamned if I go into the ground without putting a law pun in a character's name in this fucking movie. <laughs> and so they said, all right, Gracie Law, she's a lawyer, and he's. I can die now. You know, I don't understand. <laughs> I just feel like it's John Carpenter being cheeky. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, four years earlier, this guy comes out with The Thing, which is still possibly the single best horror film of all time. It's so good. It's Wait, like Alien is the only runner-up for me. The Thing came out before this? 82. Yeah. I yeah. was assuming yeah. this that this was, like, earlier on in John Carpenter's career before he really got, like, his no. style down. That's bonkers. Wow. Yeah, so th- this is like John Carpenter is like, he probably couldn't come up with a name. And so he's like, what does she do? Uh, the lawyer. Yeah, sure, law, whatever. <laughs> Law's a name that people have. Asian people. Uh, isn't there a Tekken character based off of Bruce Lee named Law? I'm just saying. We can agree that there's no building inspectors in Chinatown, right? After all the <laughs> shit we saw in this movie. <laughs> It's magic, though, right? Because I, I couldn't tell. Like, or the bit where they go um, into, like, like they kind of get into the ground or whatever, and then it floods with salt water, and then it's, like, corpses everywhere. Oh, the, the elevator scene? Strategically placed on them. And they get up to the top, and Jack's like, where the fuck are we? And Wang's like, it's this, the hell for upside-down sinners or some shit like that. Like, was that supposed to be, like, they were in an actual representation of a realm of hell or was it just that david likes to have rooms around his big underground mansion that look like hell yes gotcha (laughs) that explains a lot they were talking like it was a constant thing throughout the whole film but they were talking about the various hells Uh and they're all so specific like you know the hell where you stub your toe like, every time you exit a room. Right, like, the hell of getting chopped to pieces. Yeah, it, they just like it was so extremely hyper specific every time. <laughs> Welcome to tax. And audit that's hell. one of those that I think after the first or second one, I was like, yeah, okay, this is just arbitrary. This has no meaning. It's just there to sound dumb. The hell of awkward conversations with your doctor. <laughs> I. <laughs> The hell of two long fast food lines. <laughs> the hell of podcasters disassembled. <laughs> well, this isn't the movie. I'm sure we'll find it. We'll just have to keep digging. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some really bad movies on this list. Hey, cr- real quick. Correct me. Um, the guy that plays Egg, the tour bus driver slash wizard. Yes. The guy that's yeah. never um, seen a comb. Yeah. He is. Yeah. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the guy who sells... Uh, Gizmo to Billy's dad in Gremlins. Victor, I he was the grandfather in Three Ninjas. Oh, that's oh, right. Jesus Christ. He was also uh, Walter in Tremors. And okay, Good. yeah, I don't, I don't think he was. Uh, we do meet, we do meet Egg Shen, who is the magician. He's a local authority on the mysticism of Lopan and they do the big expo dump of the ancient knowledge and sorcery that's been going on in, in Chinatown. Ancient Chinese secret, eh? Was that before or after the whorehouse scene, Zach? That's before this is still, yeah, this was after they found during the expo dump, 
at the restaurant, that's when they say, all right, now we're going to go to the, the brothel. And that's when they come up with the idea of giving Jack the makeover, where that's where Kurt Russell actually acts in the movie. He actually yeah. plays um, you know, this, I don't know, dweebish white guy who's just looking for a booty call. Um, but as soon as he's out of that character, he's back to just yelling his lines at everybody and being awful at everything that he does. You have to love the um, availability of that entire outfit. From top to bottom, Ready that to go. someone just like had that in their closet. Yeah, yeah. that fit him perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's like I think he had a vest on and everything. And it's like wow, like it's it's not a button up shirt and like slacks. It is top to bottom glasses. Um, apparently, Gracie Law did his hair. Uh, everything. I'm surprised that hair didn't pop back up into a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? the second he takes the jacket off, and like an American eagle flies overhead, and his hair just poofs back out. <laughs> no, I was gonna say yes, Zach. You mentioned that Jack is terrible at everything he does, and yes, that's true. But he does it confidently and yes. loudly, like a goddamned American, sir. <laughs> Damn right. If there's a theme Damn to right. the movie, that's it. What drove me nuts about that scene is the Raiden characters decided that they went into the whorehouse that they apparently own, not by the door. No, let's bust a <laughs> hole in the ceiling. Through the ceiling? Yeah. Like, yep. The, the, they use the power of property damage to get this girl out. For, for what? <laughs> for what reason? You guys own the place. Just walk in with a suit. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw you in a suit later in the movie. Obviously, you can dress like a normal person. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> that whole scene I'm just like what the fuck that's a great point I have no idea other than hey it's a movie hey it's action hey lightning (laughs) they don't they don't observe social norms what are you gonna do (laughs) yeah whatever rain lightning I mean okay so let's just put this in a real world perspective for just a second if you can literally ride the lightning why the fuck are you going to use a door ever? Yeah. I mean, that's a fair right. point. <laughs> or a car. So the the three Raidens break in. They they steal uh, the the brown eyed uh, brown eyed Jesus Christ, not Van Morrison, green eyed girl. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, in a whorehouse, that means something different. It does. It totally does. So they they figure out where they've where they've gone. Jack and Wang decide that this sounds weird. Jack and Wang yeah. Chi decide to track down. Um, they break into their business by pretending to be telephone repairmen. They just walk in because <laughs> they have the, confidently, confidently. That's the key. <laughs> they didn't even they, have they just walked in Like, there's no way this won't work. They just walked past everybody. Their whole play was to hold up a phone. <laughs> Just a fucking dialogue. Well, wasn't yeah. wasn't his entry line something like like when they walk in? I think Jack's first line is, "Boy, I just love working overnight in the rain, or like overtime in the rain, or yeah. something like that." It's it's like, yeah, I mean, honestly, how are you gonna argue with that guy? I'd be like, "Yeah, dude, your job sucks. Yeah. Like, go ahead and do whatever you gotta do." They just make their way down. They start uh, exploring the. Um, the business, that's when they find the elevator. They get down to the, the level of hell with the decomposing bodies and crabs that are God, just that randomly at the nasty. bottom of of this elevator. And then um, and then they're captured by, I believe it's Rain, 
who is the the elemental master because then he's he's just chucking his balls at Jack. Oh, God, this sounds awful. <laughs> that also sounds like a Mortal Kombat character, to be fair. It does. It does. Rain is a Mortal uh, Kombat character. He is. Yeah, that's he's right. He's a horrible Mortal Kombat. He was in a movie once for three seconds. Yeah. A movie that we will not ever discuss again. You know, uh, d- Eric, maybe watch it. I don't want to go back. I have a feeling. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Epic Culture. Sorry. How many me. times can I apologize? <laughs> So Jack, Jack and Wang are, are captured. They're tied into these old school ass wheelchairs and they're just, oh. I don't understand why they're blindfolded every time they leave a room. It's not like they, they're seeing anything. And it, it's literally the like underground, like it takes up blocks. Like how, how are you ever going to know where you are? Yeah. There's no landmarks. It's not like a street sign. Like, ah, oh, damn a Dunkin' Donuts is there. He'll know where he is now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one that there's a few shots where I swear they're not in any way, shape, or form confined to those chairs? Like they maybe forgot the handcuffs or whatever that day, and like just, just keep your hands still. No it's one will notice. Entirely possible. Well, like when when they uh, capture the girl in the brothel, um, the guy like you know slices her free from the bed, but like obviously she's not tied. Because I, I think she was wearing bracelets or something, or um, basically like wrappings that were leather to make it look like she was tied to the bed. Because he just like cuts and she removes her arm, but I'm pretty sure yeah. there was still like a band on her arm. Because it just looks the same. So it's like, what is the most budget looking <laughs> like option that you can take without destroying anything? Because then you're destroying the budget. You just put like leather yeah, bands a... on. So yeah, they, they probably just had like leather bands on their wrist, but not actually wrapped around anything. Kinky. It's like we're a hundred bucks over budget. What can we get rid of? Uh, ropes. <laughs> All the ropes. Just Any type ropes. of security. <laughs> but we're going to make sure that we can edit in um, the lightning guy to cut them with lightning scissors. So <laughs> that's okay. Right. <laughs> That's fine. That was necessary. That was that was needed yeah. for the plot. Essential God damn it. plot. Yeah. <laughs> so while they're captured, Wang then fills in Jack again with more expo dump about uh, Lopan, who they have met. He's a crippled old old man, but uh, they learned that centuries ago Lopan was defeated by the Emperor, and he's been cursed with this incorporeal. He's kind of incorporeal, but yet he is. He goes back and forth. He's either an old they, they man or a seven or ten foot. He obviously has flesh. In in some form. Uh, but he can permanently break this curse. He needs to marry a woman with green eyes and sacrifice her. Which begs the question, <laughs> for centuries, has there never been a woman with green eyes? Because it, they clearly don't have to be from China. Because we see yeah. that later on, Gracie has green eyes. Which I, I think are very bad contacts and he's going to marry yeah. both of them just to yeah. break the curse yeah. doubly. Well, Jack, Jack calls him out on that. Remember when they're sitting there and, and Lopan looks like Rupert Murdoch and he's like super old and shit. And uh, Jack says something like, Oh man, yeah, that must've been hard. All these thousands of years with no girls with green eyes. Like you're doing a great job, buddy. You know, being like real sarcastic. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, there were others. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of, like you just what happened that <laughs> and that was scene. in yeah that whole scene is so unsettling his old man makeup is just ugh. 
It's the like, best dialogue in the whole movie. I was going to say, I really like the old man makeup. And I especially... It's mod. only used once. But the 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 internally glowing prop... Oh, that was kind of yeah. cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Dude, that was like so on... Like his, his makeup's already terrifying as is. But then when they switch to that prop and like his skull starts glowing and it's like, dude, yeah. this is intense right that now. That was phenomenal. I'm too young for I think this. probably... 80% of the budget of this movie went to sets and special effects, and the other 20% went to cocaine. Uh, that well, it, right. I, I feel like 40% probably went to the Predator, 40% probably went to like that internally glowing thing, and then 20% went to everything else. I still can't get over the fact that his name's David. He's a 2,000-year-old like, Chinese <laughs> sorcerer know. named what, David. Like, the first David the ever. Names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like before the Bible well, he, or whatever. It's when he came into America, and, and when he was checking in at the Statue of Liberty, he had to change his name, so it made more sense. That makes sense, actually. <laughs> back, back that to your tracks. The non-corporeal point. guy is going to sign. Back to your green eyes point. If if Lopan found out about Ireland, he would have cleaned up early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't even have to go to New York for all this. He could have had his pick of the litter. But I, I argue that that dialogue in that one scene with the old man was the best in the whole thing. That old man was the best actor in the whole. Agreed. Oh, he was in, great. In the entire Logan, movie. Yeah. James Hong, who has been in nearly as many movies as Samuel stuff. L. Jackson. My God. Wow. And the entire time Holy he was crap. talking. He's been in. I, I'm listening to him going, this is, this is the freaking uh, duck from Kung Fu Panda. I know it is. Yeah, yeah look it up. It's like, oh, that yeah. is him. I knew yeah. his voice. He's also, yeah. um, okay, so this is like, it's so funny because I, I know like a thousand movies that dude is in, but the only one that keeps popping to mind is one I've only seen once, and it's like the worst movie he's in. It's called Balls of Fury, and it's like a ping pong nah. movie. <laughs> yeah. There's another one he did with someone like Cricket. I can't remember what the fuck Well, it was, so but. in... in- current um i'm pretty sure he's the uncle in uh turning red yeah he is he's in he's also in um he is in turning red i think he's the uncle though he's in crazy rich asians and i think he might be in shang chi briefly too mm. uh he's in like if there's an asian film he probably has a role even if it's just like a voiceover role yeah he is gonna be in gremlin sequence of the mogwai as grandpa wing that's a sh- uh, upcoming show, and he's in Star Wars Visions as the Elder, which is a short film. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, that was a awesome. good episode. He's done a bunch, a bunch of stuff. I don't see him listed. Oh god, he was in a Sharknado. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who wasn't? Though? <laughs> oh god. So uh, Jack and Wang e- e- escape, but also their friends Eddie um and i forget the other the other girl's name the uh, reporter kate i think so they came in they got captured jack and wang go to save them they were captured by a, a bunch of the only four or five ninja females that we saw and then jack and wang mm. get down there to Ugh. to fa- uh, to rescue the girls they find eddie and wang for the first time forgets how to fight while he's on the bridge with eddie uh, fighting the girls, and then all of a sudden remembers how to fight. They have guns. Yes. <laughs> it's so bad. It's pretty terrible. Like, I, I don't know if this was, like, shot at the end where all their money was gone or what, but it's the rest of the fighting for the most part in the movie, unless it's, you know, like we said, Jack just being incompetent or running away screaming, um, it's pretty 
decent, you know. I mean, it's not Bruce Lee level, but it's not bad. But this this is like fucking Dark Knight Rises level garbage. <laughs> it was it was not good. Along that same vein, I don't know if Kurt Russell's ever fired a gun before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way he's holding that Uzi, it's like, oh Jesus. <laughs> and somebody on the set was like, yeah, Uzis do one shot at a time. Bang. Bang. Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang. With an extended clip that only shoots eight times. What? <laughs> They're really big bullets because it's American. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> you can't spell Uzi without America. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> So they're able Whatever, to... man. Spelling's for pussies. <laughs> so they get in to, to rescue the girls. For some reason, they've hogtied Gracie, which is weird. She's the one person who's, like, r- really incapacitated. What is... Yeah. That what was... does Kate say about her when Jack's, like, climbing the cage over her? And she says, like, yeah, she's in the next thing over. Like, she's a, something like a wolf or something. She's some a wildcat. Wildcat. That was it. She's... <laughs> She was fighting, so they tied her up. So they get all the girls out. They um, they end up swimming in in the sewer, uh, and which I I love how this Jack looks really clean. Yeah, it's a very clean sewer. <laughs> I super love it. clean. Yeah, it's cleaner than the puddle. Clearly, that Jack used to clean his eyes out. What What drove me crazy about that scene is that water is almost crystal clear yeah. and. 80 Chinese dudes cannot shoot a single person in that water. <laughs> That's right. They had an entire battalion of dudes right there, and all of them were like, just shoot around them. <laughs> Generally in the water. So the girls escape uh, as they're trying to get out of the um, the business where um, oh God, where Egg Shen is outside with his with his bus. Gracie is is captured by emaciated um whatever. Chewbacca really let himself go. He looks like shit. <laughs> That's what it I'm trying to like say. Looks like Bigfoot's butt ugly cousin <laughs> showed up. I thought they just redid Toka and Razar from Razar. Yes. No, 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 that's totally fair. That was awesome. It's like what if that the predator mated too. with a yeti? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get you get Toka or Razar. They were never clear on which one was which. Razar is the wolf. Yeah. I tried to I tried to puzzle out. I could. <laughs> it, one of the things you passed over, and it's like a scene out of Airplane, is. When people are swimming by, she like jerks them out of the water yes, yes. and she asks where the next person is and then like shoves them back under. And then the, <laughs> the name that she mentioned is the next one to come up until it finally reaches Eddie. And then I, I want to yeah. say with Eddie, she's like violently shaking him and then like slaps him or something. But she's like mean with Eddie and like pushes him off and. Yeah, and and then like Jack appears, and then there's the super awkward scene, which like, again, if it is satirical '80s, they're both swimming in the sewer at the same time mm-hmm. for for like for whatever reason. Suddenly now they can't be in line; they have to be side by side. And he's like, "Look, you gotta stop rubbing up against me, or I'm gonna have a trouble focusing, or like something like that." <laughs> it was just like, what, yeah. like. Y'all were like single file a second ago, and like now you have to go at the same time. Look, I can only swim or get an erection. Yeah. I can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> the water's cold, okay? Yeah. 
can't handle the drag. <laughs> okay. The drag. So yeah, then um, yeah, Yeti, Yeti, uh, Yeti, Predator, Bigfoot, um, <laughs> Abomination. Yeah. Uh, beast Man from Beast Man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Come here, Beast Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing never interacts with anybody ever like none of, like he's not given instructions by the big bad or nothing he, he's just there <laughs> he's not he's a, free agent. He's doing his thing they don't reference him yeah he just nope. lives, lives he, in the sewers he, he's literally a guy that the ceo doesn't know he has working for him. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he is the milton yeah because yeah. <laughs> he's just looking someone for his red or someone would listen to him so jack and wang end up regrouping with um ed and they have uh one of the one of the good gangs i guess uh, who are the sworn enemies of uh of low pan and they have this great idea that all right we are going to go down into the sewer go ahead jerry no, no, I was just doing their little hand sign yeah. or whatever they do. They, it's like a Tai Chi symbol. It's not like that's not. It's it's like they use like the pinky, ring finger, and middle finger. They do like tiger style, like the claw, mm-hmm. and then with like their ring finger and thumb, they make like a loser L, and they push <laughs> yeah. the hand forward. It's like Tai Chi or some shit. It's so lame, and it's supposed to be like everyone fucking does it to the point where they're like doing it at each other. Like yeah. Oh yeah, they do it. There's one part where they do it as like a thumbs up or something. Yeah, because like Jack says something and he does the like the Tai Chi hand thing. Yeah, but in that instance, it would be like a thumbs up. If I had noticed they were doing that as a kid, I would have done that with my friends. (laughs) Right now, yeah. I'm pretty sure my brother and I probably did do it when we were kids. There's a 99% chance that that happened. Um, But I just it just seemed like the kind of thing where they're like you know. We're going for realism, but not really, you know, so the martial arts accuracy doesn't really matter whatsoever. But, um, you know, maybe we can skip a little bit on budget. Who, who do we got choreogra- doing the choreography for the fighting style? Oh, we got Sensei Dave from down the street, you know. Um, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the guy from um, Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, uh, Rico? Yeah. Uncle Rico? No, not Rico. It's a uh, no. I know who you're talking about the guy with the American flag pants. Yeah, with the, yeah the American flag pants. Yeah, him. That's the oh, guy yeah. they got doing the fight <laughs> choreography. Call me Sensei. <laughs> Where were we? Where were we? It, we're, in order to get into mm-hmm. Lopan's headquarters, uh, they they have the brilliant idea to go through an an ancient cavern running below again Chinatown which they somehow enter through the Ghostbusters firehouse yes. in San Francisco Chinatown <sighs> down a fire pole uh that goes down into the caverns and they make their way through these caverns where uh, they go through the bl- uh, the black water of the earth or black blood of the earth which they allude to things living in it and then one of the guys is randomly devoured by a giant fire salamander or something yeah what well, the they're just fuck was that, that that was the most real part of the movie it it looks like like yeah. a legitimate abyssal creature like yeah like something awesome. that would be in the abyss but the best part yeah. like one of the single best parts that's something that's something that does live in new york yeah <laughs> i think one of the single best parts of the movie is that because like a it's it's the most terrifying thing in the film yeah that eats Easily. this guy and then uh uncle throws 
a marble and it like blows up and he's like oh it won't be coming back out again and jack's like what the hell was that what won't be coming back you could defeat all demons with with uh poppers from a fireworks stand yeah <laughs> only if you give it the forest whitaker squint like he does that one-eyed squint <laughs> the one eyed <laughs> Yeah, he, he's in a state of constant wink. I do really appreciate these sets, though. They get, gave me some Goonies vibes, for sure. Goonies mixed with, like, the game or some shit. The, not the game. The game of death. Yeah. So, dur- during... I've noticed this throughout the film, and then it, I, it really stuck out to me again here. Jack, whenever he's crawling al- around, puts his double-bladed knife in his mouth while he's crawling. Uh that is a good way to end up like the Joker yeah. in The Dark Knight. Just, yeah, but you know. do it if you're cool. So again, it's 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 satire because even in the uh, the sewers when um, he and Gracie were chatting, he mm-hmm. had it in his mouth and had to pull it yep. out of his mouth to talk to her and then put it back in his <laughs> mouth and I think in. still continued to talk to her. Yeah, Rambo's was, his hero. The whole thing is just absurd. Want to know how I got these scars? This one time in Chinatown. Just <laughs> I was in the sewers of Chinatown. <laughs> so we find out that Lopan is indeed trying to marry both girls with, with green eyes. They're going through this ancient ritual where um, our, our three Raidens uh, put on their display of weapon prowess. Pr- prowess. Prowess. They, there you go. Prowess. Yes, there's the word. I can't speak. It's okay. That's all right. And, We're all podcasters here. Yeah. And they, and they, three of them, three of them, well, two of them serve no purpose. The last guy uh, displays his swords, which turn into flame, flame swords and lift the girls up into the air so that they can touch a, uh, a dragon ball. Yeah. And then that, <laughs> that has them pass the test. That was another what I the guess. fuck moment in the, in the, in the movie. I'm like, what, are, what is happening here? That was the part my wife walked into the room and she goes, what is this? And I was like, all right, let me explain what's going on here. And I, I got like five words. I was like, never mind. It's just, never mind. Just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to like it. It's, just, it's, it's, it's magic. The darkest yeah. magic. <laughs> you took on the impossible trying to explain this movie. Yeah. Well, I was trying to explain just that one scene with no context too. Yeah. I like that Lopan is just the 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 writing is still just phenomenal because Lopan's like um, they have passed the trial of the burning swords and you're like what the <laughs> fuck was that what I just watched? <laughs> I think I said that word for word. <laughs> it's like I don't like because the whole scene and again satire the entire I think that takes like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Buff Dude, it, he's doing like a, a choreographed dance. Yeah, he does a whole for like a while. Yeah, yeah, it's like Asian ballet, and then like they just get lifted up into the air, and like you said, they touch a Dragon Ball, and I'm pretty. I feel like that is a scene from Dragon Ball, um, <laughs> or at least another movie. I cannot think of what it is. Uh, which actually, you know what? It might be um, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> it's the same thing where he has to get the scroll out of the dragon's mouth and he has to like jump up and tap it out it's the same thing it all comes it's just one big circle um <laughs> but yeah no they they touch the thing and then like he says what you just watched and it's like what does this have to do with anything 
<laughs> They're worthy. They didn't just need green eyes. They needed to be able to handle balls, which now they can. So now we're <laughs> and, I mean, they had they had to watch the whole song and dance without laughing. Clearly, that was the trial. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> so the uh, Jack and Wang and, and the crew get into the... Um, I guess the temple, and then we uh, we meet a guardian, which I'm pretty sure I killed one of these in Dungeons and Dragons at one point. Uh, I forget what they're actually called in the game, but it's a creepy little bastard. Yes. Oh yeah, the beholder. The, yeah, yeah. That's one of my notes. I'm like, this is the bravest moment in the movie that that John Carpenter put, unironically put a beholder in the movie, and he was like, that's it right there. Suck on that, eighties. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, D&D had only been out for 10 to 15 years, I think. Yeah, and it was still demonized. My dad told me <laughs> that I was going to yeah. go to hell for playing. <laughs> <laughs> and this was probably, like, peak, peak demonization in the 80s. Yeah. I'm convinced that the screenwriter just uh, started taking drugs halfway through this movie because it just goes off the rails. Halfway? <laughs> it probably started before Maybe halfway. Act one. That's when it started. I, look, I started <laughs> taking drugs halfway through this film, so I'm pretty sure the screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still taking but, drugs. <laughs> that's the way the director intended it. Kurt Russell shot this thing, and it just shrugged off bullets. And then later, gets stabbed by a sword, and he's yeah. like, "That's my weakness. You found it." Oh no, my weakness: small knives. <laughs> <laughs> So they they also alluded to this earlier in the film, but there is a um, magic elixir that needs to be consumed, and it gives you the speaking uh, of drugs abilities to do what Lopan does. And yeah, speaking of, and is see things which they don't really elaborate on. I just took it as all right. They're going to be able to fight better. I guess I don't know if they're going to shrug off bullets, but they drink that and then they show up. I can guarantee you were spot on there. Yeah. They show up to the wedding, and Jack gets the brilliant idea of, again, pure American, fire a couple bullets into the air, and knocks himself out by <laughs> exploding rocks from the uh, the ceiling above him. Yeah, that's the... And everybody else starts getting all these hero shots, and it just cuts to him lying <laughs> unconscious. Lying on the floor. Moment in the whole movie. It's, it's amazing. How deteriorated is that concrete? That's my question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, no building specters in Little China. That the concrete that can get one bullet in it, and it's like. <laughs> well, again, he has, he has massive, mega-sized American bullets because that's the only way that Uzi can fire one bullet at a time. Let's talk about the. Let's talk the about what the wedding looked like. That everybody they went shopping at Spencer's or Hot Topic and grabbed everything out of the back, oh and just God. that skull was the raddest. <laughs> green red blue led lighting everywhere dude i love that set like if if i could have like a micro like living room that looked like that i I, like i totally would the (laughs) thinking about the detail because again like set design i if there's one thing this movie just triumphs at it is set design but it's the giant skull and rather than just like having lights on it and just being boring, it's shaped lights like neon lights. <laughs> yeah, neon lights. Like yeah. this is mm-hmm. the this is the intro to Batman Beyond, man. <laughs> like this is where Skeletor uh, Batman holds. Forever. 
Yeah, this is where Skeletor <laughs> holds his parties. Yeah, for real. Or cat? No, Castle Grayskull. I'm sorry. Hot topic: Skeletor. Coming <laughs> <out>. <laughs> he's got he's got just a shock of pink hair coming down over one skull eye. <laughs> but no, I like I love this whole set because it is it is peak ridiculousness because it's supposed oh, to be a wedding and it's like there's an open bar like on the other side of that room. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I think Chris. Chris touched on it earlier that no skull wedding um, expo is complete without your uh, escalator. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I must have missed the escalator. I almost missed it. Oh, I, well, so, so like several down. people it's run exciting. up it. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the end, mm-hmm. it's like clearly an escalator, and it's just what the fuck. <laughs> Well, the girl, the girls came down it like an escalator. They just glided down it, and then uh, they ran back. Yeah. Up after after the fight, because oh. this fight goes on <laughs> with everybody just fighting. You've got the the good guys and the bad guys, and the good guys every time they do a cool move, they do the thumbs up like yeah, <laughs> and they're just doing that back and forth across the room. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why I wouldn't would. you? Uh, Wang- freak. Wang's like wanking at his yeah, opponent the whole time. Ed Cheng is is just firing freaking crystals, bazookas at everybody. Every which way. crystal bazookas are now a weapon. It's amazing. Their their Goku and Vegeta magic battle was pretty rad. <laughs> but the that is the coke the coke fingers. Oh yeah, on, uh, Lao Pan were strong. He those nails he can get. A, <laughs> At least enough coke to make this movie. On one of those <laughs> okay, so I, I'm just saying you you have one side that he's firing um, <clears throat> crystals, and then the other side has uh, coke fingernails. <laughs> I'm just saying, like this is a drug <laughs> feud. <laughs> the whole thing is That's an allegory for drugs. <laughs> I get it now. When Lopan was firing his beam. It looked like he was playing yeah, an Xbox totally with his did. thumbs. Yeah, that little like, bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. The entire when they launched that, the my mind went straight to um, Spaceballs. <laughs> yes. When they were getting the power of the Schwartz into their uh, laser <laughs> swords, <laughs> that that's all I was thinking. Oh, they're doing laser swords. It's... So, uh, th- th- pretty much it ends with a stalemate, and then. Uh, Lopan takes off with the two girls up the uh, escalator and uh, lightning shoots lightning at the skull, which makes it fall down, but doesn't actually do anything because everyone can just run right through it anyways. I know. <laughs> Another useless gesture. And, and he ruined the breast prop in the movie. Yeah. The hell. So Jack and Wang uh, take off after after Lopan because Jack has been useless in this entire entire freaking fight i think he killed one guy by accident with his boot knife yeah he kills the uh the like southeast asian looking guardian it's like the slowest stabbing ever he's they they show that (laughs) like three or four times yeah and i love the fact that he's just sitting there yeah he the way that he gets the guy off of him is by like rotating to the left and like it took him five minutes to reach that point (laughs) Yep. To, to just like move his legs slightly to the left and let the weight carry the rest of it. Like it took him five minutes to do that. Like, like you said, Jack is awful at everything. He is he is incredibly great at being awful at mm-hmm. everything. He is peak eighties uh, brawn. <laughs> America gets his powers from his mullet. <laughs> oh God, that's a 
It's a lot of and power. Then we have the the crouching crouching tiger hidden dragon fight yeah, oh, yeah. comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. This this dude cannot fight the entire movie. The whole movie he can't fight yeah. three <laughs> girls on a bridge barely. And now all of a sudden he can fly through the air for 15 minutes. Magic elixir. Also, the the storms the first time they showed up, the they were so scary that both the bad guys and the good guys, quote unquote, teamed up so to speak. Like they got side by side like, "Oh shit." And they were all like facing them together. Uh, regardless of the color of your Chinese <laughs> turban. <laughs> anyway, so the next time they showed up, these dudes are like getting one on one, and I was like, didn't they just like wax a bunch of people like it was nothing? And now everything, every time they show up after that first time, they're like incrementally and sometimes exponentially weaker. It seems like, like. I said through through the movie, they get weaker, but Wang gets stronger. So like, it's it, it's this weird curve. But it does make for an entertaining film. Yeah. It really does feel like Wang's like the actual hero of the story. But like whenever he does something cool, it's like off to the side. Like it's almost like off off screen. You know, that whole fight scene, like you only see glimpses of it. Yeah. They couldn't decide yeah. who the main character was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like he's they, cameras focusing on, on the wrong guy. Yeah. They, and they almost gave Jack like the same story towards the end of the movie. Right. Because like. Now his girlfriend gets captured by the bad guy, and he's going to marry her, too, because she it's... also has green eyes. <laughs> and you're going like, wait wait a minute. <laughs> it completely, like, uh, you know, it, it's redundant. Uh, but it, it's funny, like, you know, they, they sideline him to the point where even, like, the part of the it's story It's almost like Jack's the comic relief and doesn't realize it. Like, somehow the movie thinks he's the action hero, and he's not. He gets like one cool moment where he talks yeah. in third person. Yeah, like that again. <laughs> he's like the, the satire because like it, it's almost like he is, um, I guess like a Han Solo where like he's not the main character, but he he is the main character in his own mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what um, it is. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of yeah. I with the intro and the outro. I feel like that's kind of like Jack at his core is like Jack feels like people want to listen to him, but Jack is just a vehicle for other people to accomplish what they need to accomplish. Mm. Wow. The, the is, Han Solo reference is perfect. He is Han yeah. Solo. Uh, especially for a, a scene that happens right near the end, but we'll get to it. It's funny too, because Kurt Russell was almost Han Solo. Glad he wasn't. So Lopan takes, takes off uh, Jack and Gracie uh, pursue after him. Jang uh, Wang joins them as well. Um, and then, they get the jump on Lopan where Jack does the one, I guess the one thing that he can do in the movie. He's been saving up yeah. for the one move. First, he throws a knife at Lopan, misses, hits a, a gong at the other end. Lopan picks up the knife to throw it back at, um, at Jack. Oh, and by the way, Lopan is now human, so he can be mm-hmm. killed. They actually did the, um, I guess, the wedding good enough part of the, enough yeah. of the ceremony we didn't fully yeah. sacrifice either girl but Lopan is now human enough that he can be killed so he throws the knife back at jack jack catches it in midair and goes huh and just <laughs> chucks it back at Lopan, impaling his skull without an yeah. issue <laughs> and just kills him dead yeah and then very nonchalantly of course uh because uh gracie law says something to him like congratulates him and he's just like yeah it's all yeah. in the wrist <laughs> all the reflexes baby <laughs> Oh yeah, this the reflexes. My first murder. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of the more comical parts of the movie because he did that all yeah. wearing lipstick that he 
got from kissing the girl on the way up. Mm-hmm. They had like a near sex scene in the elevator on the way up. Because reasons. Oh yeah. What? Cause what was the line? Cause the line in there was so good. Like it's so many of the lines in here are so absurd. It's just like hard to remember them, but that's another one. Um, Cause he was trying to talk himself up and he's like, yeah, I can see yeah. things that others can't. And then he they just says, like make out. I can handle mm-hmm. it. I took something. Yeah, and she goes, is I've this seen, happening? I've I'm seen like... things no one's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> Reminds this... me of college. <laughs> the scene right after that low, low pan death scene, which was real quick was the uh, the wind guy is chasing... Uh, Wang. God, what's the other main character's name? Wang. Chasing him around, and then he just stops and just breaks Chinese pottery for no reason. He's just mad. He can't catch the guy, and then he's just punching air after him. He's, oh, he's wasting all sorts of energy just... <laughs> for way too long. It goes on for like five minutes. It's like a Three Stooges skit. And then, and like for a moment, he basically becomes a Link from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> he was looking for them rupees. Fuck your pots, man! <laughs> All the pots get broken. He comes around the corner. He sees that Lopin is dead, and one of his abilities is um, he can expand his body. Apparently, so he gets so, so upset yeah. that he he just swells up and he explodes which i've seen this gif everywhere and now i know what it's from he blows so, up for literally you, uh, no Eric. reason so and he's emotions i think he was just upset this is the part that i remembered over everything else in this movie i he, he was guy. mad but also again really <laughs> good creepy oh, yeah. makeup because mm-hmm. every when they show you his face and his feet and his hands oh yeah it's it is pretty disturbing because even though the inflation of the hands and the feet is like over the top, like it, it still doesn't look fake. Like there's like detail and like vascularity and stuff like that. And it's like, this is so weird, like to watch this guy blow up. And then I just love that some dude was around a corner with like a, a bucket of chum. who's just like, and just throws it into the hallway. Worst superpower ever. <laughs> Yeah, he has he has the power of blood pressure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> an average American. Congratulations. I like it. It's, it's like, how is Jack gonna kill this bad guy? He's so overmatched. What if he just makes him so mad the guy just like fucking dies? All right, <laughs> all right. Sure, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. John John Carpenter. Yeah. John Carpenter's like, we we gotta finish this movie. We gotta go. We gotta finish the movie, bud. <laughs> so we got uh, Jack, Wang, Gracie, and uh, Mao Yin uh, are able to escape. They're then cornered by Lightning, who is just making everything uh, collapse. But they're able to. Uh, they they're rescued by Egg with a handheld harpoon gun, rope gun, I guess, which rip- with the thinnest <laughs> yeah. rope, which repels you. All the way up. You just hold it. Oh, yeah. Pull, pull yeah, the bro. trigger, and it'll repel people back up through the hole just by holding the gun. Gets all four of them out. It would have only been thinner <laughs> if it was fishing line. Just, just so we're clear. Slice it through your fingers. <laughs> this came out before Tim Burton's oh, yeah. Batman, who did mm-hmm. something similar. But better, thankfully. Yeah, but he took weight into account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you brought up the lightning guy yet that was chasing them? Yeah, that was uh, that was lightning. 
Yes, yeah, super shredder shooting lightning everywhere, and right before he's about to get him, uh, I think they dropped like a Buddha statue on him. There's a lot of Buddhas in this movie. W- w- yeah, but so this this scene of all the scenes in the movie drove me the most crazy mm-hmm. because he could have killed easily all of them, right? Right there, but he was stalling <laughs> and burning down the yeah. building around him for what? Because it looks cool. What? He's upset. He's hurt. I will say. He's, it's the, yeah, but I feel like. He's got Super Shredder syndrome, man. I feel like that was in his character because every time you see him, he always takes like 15 minutes to like lightning nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's always like right. chest pounding, like. And then it's like, bro, okay, you're just like looking at your watch and it's like, all right, any minute now, like, kill me. <laughs> Yeah, every single There's one of the same thing though. Like he's the most intimidating one of them, so of course he can't do anything. You know, like it's it's you spend all this time building up to this fight with this thing. He's terrifying looking. Like he's tearing the whole place down. Oh, yeah. he's dead. I would have bought it you know, if he wait, shot lightning what? lightning at them and missed. I would have bought it better than him bringing down the house around himself before sh- trying to shoot one of them. After three of them had gone up the fishing wire. <laughs> I'm just. Just say like, how cool did he look though, with that like trellis or whatever falling behind him in the hallway scene? It right was it that. was pretty cool. Was that metal yeah. or wood? It was wood. It, it looked like it was melting like metal, and it, then when it fell down, it was on fire. So, yeah. So obviously it was flammable. What was it? I know I'm nitpicking, but by the time I got to that point in the movie, I'm like, I I can't anymore. They get out. They find the truck. They escape all the way back to Wang's restaurant where, uh, where I, uh, we were, they were teasing it that, oh, here's the other green-eyed woman. Is Jack and, and uh, Gracie going to get together? Is he going to settle down? Oh, boy. Yeah. And then here's his Han Solo moment. He has, like, some other arbitrary he's like, line. He's like, you going to kiss her goodbye? He goes, yeah. no. He said, No. You'd have a better chance of taming a hurricane than nailing down Jack Burton, baby. <laughs> it's like Ash Oh, Williams. man. It's so good. And then, then he's in a truck driving off into the night. Drinking and driving. Yeah, with Sarah Jessica Parker. Wow. Yeah. Drinking and driving with Sarah Jessica Parker stowing away on back. Yeah, he's got a lot lizard. Setting up the and just to be clear, he's podcasting drinking and driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's he part is, of the like course. He's on like his radio. Podcast. just like... <laughs> True, which I is just what... picture. I kept picturing his drunk ass driving his fucking truck through like a dark stormy night, running some other trucker off the road inadvertently. That guy trying desperately to radio for help on the CD bill. I just feel like, and another thing, when life is raining, knives and pain down on it. Oh my god! Yeah, this guy who's just screaming that... for help. <laughs> Yeah, and he all he can hear is just the words of Jack Burton <laughs> making no sense. Help! Help! Yeah. I'm dying. Some jackass just ran me off the. And that's what I said. If you don't like the way I look, you just drink another beer or like some other really manly thing. <laughs> when life throws an obstacle in your way, you run it off the road and ignore the screams for help. And another thing, when rain is. Fu- uh, well, <laughs> so this has been big, big trouble in Little China. Um, 
I can I can say that after watching this for the first time, I'll probably <laughs> never watch this again. Um, it was. Uh, I'm gonna go rewatch it right oh my now. God. I cannot imagine coming to this cold <laughs> yeah. now. I would be like, what the yeah. fuck Well, this, this is all... I knew what I was in for, and I was still like that. Yeah, this this, this has no nostalgia for me. This is, this is a one-off of, all right, I did it. Let's never do it again. <laughs> and it's immortalized forever. <laughs> it's not as bad as Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but... No. But I knew Zach was mad, but he was, he was sending me back very clipped answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, hey, the internet <laughs> voted for it. It's not my fault. Hey, whatever, man. The internet did vote for it. That's we right. had to watch however many episodes of the oh, Ghostbusters. God. The real Ghostbusters. Not the real. You know what I mean? It. It's the Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'm Kong. I'm not the monkey. <laughs> that would be plagiarism. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> shit, to this day, I'll randomly be like going somewhere, or like I'll, I'll just be like walking up to the grocery store, and somewhere in the back of my brain, some little voice just screams out, "They're the Ghostbusters!" And I like my nose starts bleeding, and I just think about killing Zach, and then this, this is my punishment. So, <laughs> I don't know. I I enjoyed the movie, but not. It's not a good movie. You know, there's something that's just really fun about these really terrible '80s action movies. The synthy music, cheesy dialogue, bad special effects. Like this had everything. Like just check every box down. I actually there. think this movie had really great. good special effects. Um, they're dated, but I think they're really good. Yeah. Well, there's some that. Yeah, the the electrical effects I thought were great. Some of the set designs were good. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely put a lot into this movie. It's just the the script. Like, what what was this movie about? You know, like was there some kind of hidden meaning to it? You know, it, like... it's <laughs> it's perfect for ten to fourteen year old yeah, boys. That's, that's when I first saw it. it. And, um, but yeah, and, there's just some... yeah and. I loved yeah. this movie when I was that. that age. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, yeah, right, when I, you know, I don't remember the exact date. I was probably seven or eight when I first saw it, and uh, I, for years loved it, and then I didn't see it for decades, and then it was, oh, this is what I've been telling people's great, huh? All right, that you know. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to reach back out to everyone and apologize? Nah. Nah, if I, there's a lot more nah. I can apologize for. Upon second that. viewing, uh... I mean, movie wise, I'm not trying to get all like serious. All of a sudden, I used to work in a video <laughs> store. And recommended, would purposely recommend like really shitty. Yeah. Like you guys won't believe it. There's this movie called Teeth. You should totally check it out. Oh, I hear really God. good things about this Jiggly movie. Oh, everyone's yeah. talking about. You know, it's just a, whatever. Like, oh no, Jiggly. <laughs> Uh, so overall, I I think it was technically a flop. It was made for nineteen to twenty five million. It made eleven point one million in the box office. Um, Oof! I mean, it's it's a cult classic for people that uh, love watching it, you know, on home video or streaming now. But uh, yeah, it failed in the box Keep office. Nineteen eighty six, eleven million dollars is like eleven million tickets sold. You know. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's. I doubt that's adjusted yeah. for inflation. It still wouldn't have been a success in the box office, but it wasn't like, oh damn, only like fifty people saw it. You know. There's still one thing that kind of confuses me about this movie. Why does Logan just one? 
Well, there, there's several things. <laughs> but most of it's explained in the rapid fire exposition dump. <laughs> there's one thing that confuses me. Why does Lopan collect Buddhas? He has so many Buddha statues all over the place. That that just didn't track for me. That that is there to let you know that they uh... are in Little China. <laughs> I guess in so. Chinatown I don't think the set in San. I, I'm wondering if it's like a <laughs> like a side business. Like he sells those to tourists, maybe they ha- because they look like they're just in a back room. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the story of the movie. It's 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 the American man, the working man against capitalism. Oh, so it's like an evil capitalist thing. Yeah. Okay. That that actually explains it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. T- Two things I sell: hookers and Buddha. <laughs> You're gonna feel good about yourself one way or another. <laughs> I sell Buddha in the streets and hookers in the sheets. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Chris, you got any any other thoughts for the movie? Kurt Russell is the greatest. Um, you know, I don't know if I had to, you know, where he'd rank on like my all-time favorite actors, but it'd be pretty high up there, just as far as like, man, that guy's awesome, you know. And uh, Jack Burton is one of his. It's one of my favorite roles of his. It's definitely not. He didn't set any boundaries, you know, uh, acting wise or anything like that. And like you pointed out a few <laughs> times, the character is pretty fucking worthless at the end of the day. But he has just enough bravado and great one-liners that he's memorable, just like Han Solo. <laughs> for three fucking movies, Han Solo doesn't really do much. Um, and I don't know. I, I just I think that's what's memorable. Besides, you have a, a really big Kurt Russell role for me. It was the wacky superpower guys and all the bizarre, the dude who got so pissed mm-hmm. off he just like inflated yeah. until he died. Like that stuck with me for decades. You know, um, I'm sure Raiden's existence made me remember the storms a bit more than I would have had I not been subjected to that mm-hmm. image for so long. But I do remember lightning quite a lot. So I mean, you know, it's far from perfect. It's not, it's not even that close to good. But it is. Uh, some of my favorite movies from that era are just like the same thing. Like I don't know who here has seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, but it's similar in a way to me in that like it's also just kind of a piece of shit, but it's charming enough that <laughs> unless you're just off put by something very specific about it, like Pee Wee Herman, or in this case the maybe less than current cultural viewpoints we'll say i don't know how i'm wording that but uh it's a little a little on the fence about yeah. some stuff i guess um but at the end of the day it's fun and that you know it's dumb fun and it's harmless fun it's uh it's not quite as bad as like how dare you, know, you? i don't know street fighter the movie it, to, yeah to me it's not offensively bad some shit like that where you just want to jump off a cliff <laughs> the whole time but <laughs> it's also not it's also not good enough where i think i'll ever recommend it so, to anybody ever again so I think Unless they're my um, exact age, you know, <laughs> like I would agree that it's not necessarily a good movie, but I think, uh, and I hadn't considered it, but Zach, you brought up space balls earlier. And I think this, uh, this is to seventies, um, action and sci-fi or like action sci-fi combined. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as Spaceballs is to like what Star Wars became because it's mm. like you, you have, you have big buff man with gun, um, but yeah. he does everything wrong. Like he, you know, he can't 
fight in fisticuffs. He can't shoot anyone. Um, he can't do anything. He's not even the, it is, it is, I think at the end of the day, it is still Jack's story, but he is not the hero in it. It's almost like this is a thing that happened in Jack's life and allegedly he's just kind of recounting it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like he, he's not the main character. It just happened around him. Um, and we are hearing about it. Uh, but I think set design honestly is phenomenal. Like outfits are great. Like no matter how zany and how dumb the stuff is. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. Like, is they it ridiculous a that a guy it. gets, yeah. Like it, it, yes, it is stupid that a guy gets so upset that he swells up and dies, yeah. but it looks good. Like aesthetically, it is really like all forms of that are creepy. Um, you know, it, I, I think it, there is a place for it. it. It is. I do agree. I don't know how easy it would be to recommend this, but I think if I ever did, I would probably bring up Spaceballs or just say like <laughs> it is a satire on um, the American action hero at that time. And because the seventies was the big, um, like oh, you Kung got Dirty Fu Harry and Boom. Oh, and that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it kind of wraps up everything, like action films of the 70s and its satire. So, yeah, Eric, what do you think? Uh, yeah, everything you guys said. <laughs> I don't know. I think I already said everything I had to say. Uh, it's it's dumb fun. Uh, I don't know if I could recommend it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. And, yeah, I got a good laugh out of it, that's for sure. I'm still trying to figure out what the movie was about, like, what were they thinking? About Seriously. getting thirty three hundred bucks, because that's what that's what Jack got at the end. Yeah, that was it. Jer, what about you? Uh, okay, so I still have love for this movie because I when I saw it when I was a kid, but it's not a masterpiece. Watching it now, definitely not a masterpiece. I can't say I won't recommend it. It is a great fun drinking game with your buddies that you guys can just roast. This there you go. is mm-hmm. a, a very fun, dumb movie. Do not go into this thinking that this is going to be cin- like cinema art. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not winning anything. But uh, it is a fun movie if you don't look beyond the surface level. And even there, there's some parts where you're like, what is that? What is, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, it's just, it's, it's perfect 80s satire mm-hmm. like it that is what it was um other than that i would probably i'm probably not going to watch it again for 20 years or maybe ever but <laughs> <laughs> who knows i drink a lot so <laughs> <laughs> i i agree that when i went into i didn't know what to expect so i was i was expecting more of a serious action film I did. I was not expecting a parody of of action films, um, so I was not prepared and kind of looked at this with the wrong 
uh, glasses mm-hmm. on when I first was watching it. Um, going back, if I ever do watch it again, it will be more of like watching it with friends as a parody of, have you guys ever seen this shit? Yeah. All right, well, here, we need a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, let's sit down. And that that would be when I would when I wa- would watch it. I'm not going to sit down and watch this. It just, for me, it doesn't have the nostalgia like it does for I feel for bad that that is how you entered it. Because, like, I... I, I assume that you knew, because if I knew that you did not know, then I would have like I would have definitely told you. Because like, what what an interesting, um, yeah. what an interesting foldable chair to get slapped across the back with. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. That's You're it. like yo, like RoboCop, and like then this movie, and, and like no, not at all. It was. It was not what i expected uh but i can you know i can appreciate it for what it is and but it was just not what i what i expected but i didn't i didn't know i needed to ask and go i've never seen this before um what should i expect should i expect serious action but 80s action or 80s action parody parodying uh 70s action films and that's more of what what i got well now you've learned your lesson also do you guys think that maybe the movie is actually told from like a unreliable narrator perspective. Cause I feel like that's the only thing that really makes sense is that it's just some tall tale that some guy at the bar is telling. And like, it gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah, It's Jack. The lawyer's name is Gracie law. <laughs> like someone made that up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just everything is just, it gets weirder and weirder. I like that. Eric is trying to make this deeper. Than it is. Her name is Gracie. She's a lawyer. Just lie. Yeah, no, man. It's it's a coke. F- no, you're you're trying to. I appreciate the effort, yeah. but the, you're gonna end up just reaching for straws that aren't there because the, the, it's just a coke fueled rampage through like I like kung fu movies and wizards and monsters and shit. Let's yeah. just smash it all together and to the point where it doesn't make any sense. But we'll just make it look cool. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Eric's like, all right, all right. So like Gracie. Gracie is an allegory for like responsibility <laughs> and Jack Burton struggles with responsibility hey, and like that's why they can't be together. Hey, <laughs> it's the guy that turns in the 30 page I... thesis paper of uh, the the imagery of the Buddha in Big Trouble in Little China and how it relates to the plight of Tibet. Challenge accepted. Uh well Eric, we um this is part of uh, people voting on Twitter of what we we're going to watch, which people uh, people can do. And uh, some of them are going to be able to do that through Patreon, through Podcasters Assemble. Right. And we actually had a Patreon subscriber you wanted to uh, to shout out because he's, he's paying for yes. it. Yes. Correct? We actually have somebody paying money? <laughs> uh, last I checked. Just one. Uh, one guy. So we got uh, Prince Harming. Uh, just join the Patreon, and uh, we really appreciate the support. That's a great name. Thank you, Prince Harming. We appreciate it. So uh, he has access to all the bonus episodes, exclusive content, early access, ad-free episodes, blooper reels, and outtakes, which some of these are going to be uh, making it on, on Patreon. Some of them I will cast off into the void, never to be heard, so that we'd never get in trouble with our jobs. Um 
but that's what we that's what we do. We have fun. And if you would like to know more about how you can become a Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash podcasters assemble. Uh, Chris, again, where can everybody go find you? Uh, so you can find me over at comiczombie.net. Uh, you can find me and Eric over at the Comic Zombie Podcast, uh, which you can find on comiczombie.net as well as wherever you find podcasts. Also, over at probablywork.com, we are on episodes of Podcasters Assemble and, of course, here on Disassembled. Um, and then when Eric decides he wants to do Epic Fails of History I'm again, telling you, it's, it's uh, coming. we'll be on that as well. You can also find us over at Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Twitter. Uh, look, Just look for Comic Zombie. What about you, Corey? Um, yeah, you can find me, uh, The World is My Burrito. Uh, search Twimby Podcast. That's T-W-I-M-B Podcast. Um, I will release more content if I ever stop having computer issues. But uh, yeah, other than that, look for stuff. I will probably still submit to uh, Podcasters Assemble. Um, I don't know what we're up to in Batman or what we're on next. But uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta catch up and submit more stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, Eric, where are you that doesn't directly involve Chris? <laughs> Uh, we can follow me on social media at Eric Slater. That's Eric with the K, Slater with the D, D's and Delta. And uh, yeah, I pretty much post everything there on Twitter and Instagram. And Jer, buddy old friend of mine. It's you. Oh, it's you. Is this me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find the Neatcast uh, at the Neatcast on TikTok and Facebook and at Neatcastpod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, our podcast is on all the podcast platforms. Uh, yeah, let's go look for us. We have a lot of fun content. Zach's there too, so that's probably a bigger draw. Agreed. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. You get higher numbers when I'm not around. <clears throat> Boys, it's been fun. I appreciate you tolerating me. Uh, I'm sure we'll collaborate again with some other nonsense that may be uh, as fun as this movie was. So, un- until then, uh, disassemble. This is some... Maybe? D- yeah. Probably. Wang Chung tonight. Wang Chung. Oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll end <gasps> on that one. <laughs> Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble by looking us up on Twitter and Instagram at Casters Assemble or joining our Discord page. Link in the show notes. Submissions are always open. Intro written by Eric Slater. This episode was edited by Zach Dervy. Voiceover by a guy in a basement with three daughters who's just glad he's not on food stamps. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to where you can find them all online. Thank you.